0: Hello,
1: everyone. Welcome to the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where you get to hear the pastors talk about upcoming preaching texts and life of the congregation. It is a joy to be here with all of you today, getting close to a big celebration of
2: Christmas. Yes.
1: Uh, I am Pastor Eric. I am here today with
0: Pastor Kevin.
2: I'm Pastor Megan. Hey guys. Hey, what's up? It's good to be together. Hey,
0: to Ring the jingle bells. Yes. Rings. Ring the jingle bells. I
2: yes, and not that I'm saying that my birthday's coming up before Christmas, but it is. In case soon. you were watching, yeah. Nice. <laughs>
1: Should
0: we sing? Should we sing? No. You work in scene, right? Oh
2: my gosh. Please, just, please just, fill Pastor, is, Pastor Megan's
0: voicemail box. Yes. Full yes. Of
1: it's time, people.
2: And do not wrap my birthday gifts in Christmas wrap. That uh, my my people are very against such things. Oh, By nice. my people, I mean those of us born in December. <laughs> my, I will
1: I will say this. My dad shares the same birthday as Jesus and oh, see, so I've heard about that honestly
2: you that's you can't deal with that kind of competition Jesus yeah. always wins man hmm yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think
1: you, if that's your birthday you I think you get shortchanged
2: yeah I mean it's like happy birthday Jesus but also I mean I guess you're fine too
1: we always we always have ah. birthday cake at our Christmas Eve
2: celebration. Aww. So that's cool. But that's really that's sweet. Cool. I remember growing up when I was little. We'd when we'd have our uh, Sunday school programs. Um, we'd go downstairs afterwards and have a little birthday cake for Jesus. Little Jesus birthday cake was pretty cute. <laughs> so yeah. So celebrate celebrate whoever's birthday. I mean, let's just celebrate, right? Amen. There it is. <laughs> I like it.
1: So. Uh, before we can do that, though, we have this podcast, we have a couple of weeks oh, still, boy. and we are going to hear today from Ezra, mm. um, but also I thought it would be a good time to um, maybe just briefly reflect on some of where we've been here with the, our um, narrative lectionary this this entire season. We started in Genesis. Whew. Um, We've been following uh, many characters. Mm -hmm. Um, Our new sermon series is It's Time, Mm -hmm. and we're getting a lot closer to uh, the... Return of, uh, of the Messiah. So. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: right. It's so where we've kind of been in this section of the Old Testament as as we're deep into some of the history of God's people, particularly some of that geopolitical history. Right. So we heard back when we talked about uh, Jeremiah um, when the Reverend Doctor Kelly Sherman Conroy preached with us. She talked about that you know that impending destruction that Jeremiah talks mm-hmm. about, but that that hope that there was fulfillment uh, of God's promises, that there was return, even on the other side of that of that struggle and that suffering. So that was Jeremiah. Uh, and then we get into Isaiah. Isaiah um, is is sort of in three sections, even though it's all just one book. And we heard a little bit from Isaiah talking to the people who uh, were in exile, who'd already been overrun, who'd already been destroyed, um, and saying uh, there, there you know, there's comfort, there's hope, there's peace. It's terrible right now, but it won't be like this forever. God still goes with you. Um, So that word of promise to the exiles. And uh, that gets us to Ezra, who is speaking, well, as we'll hear when we hear from the reading, to to people who are just about to be returned from their exile. So it's this, uh, you know, huge, hundreds of years of history, just, you know, packed into about three Sundays. Right. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah.
0: Well, it's just interesting, no, excuse me, i was going to hop in here, where uh, thinking about Ezra, too, is that oftentimes, or at least I learned something new, is that Ezra is often considered kind of connected to the book of Nehemiah, and yet— Um, A lot of scholars really do believe that they're two individually distinct people. Ezra, we know and learn about that he is a scribe and a priest. And so his concern is about the worship life of the community. He's paying attention to that for for the Israelites and saying, after all this destruction, after all this loss, you have to remember who the center of what it all is about. And that's God's word. And that's the community that gathers around the word. And so his whole thing is about restoring this kind of community of worship and how important that is. Whereas Nehemiah, he's a little bit different, cat. He's coming to Jerusalem. He's coming from uh, the Persian court. He's a political leader who's interested in walls. So you're gonna hear a lot about, when people talk about Nehemiah, they're gonna talk about, let's build walls and things like that. And because it's about security for Nehemiah. And so it's really two different topics. Um, But the Ezra piece is really interesting because here we hear something about what God is saying about our worship life together. And that matters, because we've been talking about that, too, this fall.
1: Excellent. Yeah, and this is the third Sunday in Advent, too, important to mention. Um, As we have been traveling along each week, um, and this week, the Advent candle is love. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah. And and historically, that's um, you often will light the if you're into one of those candles that does like the the purple, purple, pink, yes. purple. This would be like that uh, that pink candle that what is it? Gaudete yes. uh, candle so that, you know, the that that love, that joy, that celebration, mm-hmm. that proclamation and um, and just kind of bursting out of excitement and love and hope. It's just um there's some there's some happiness there there's some rejoicing there uh like we'll hear in the text right actually.
1: exactly yeah yeah so um maybe we should uh, read the text at this point and then let's
2: we can hear it talk more. yeah yeah so uh you need to know folks that we' we're, we're reading two pieces of the book of Ezra we're gonna read the very very beginning the first three verses in chapter one and then we're gonna have to skip over to chapter 3 verses 10 through 13. Um, so give me a minute to to flip through pages or as I read out of my (laughs) my app on my Bible Mm -hmm. uh, to just scroll for a hot second Mm -hmm. so beginning with the book of Ezra chapter 1 in the first year of King Cyrus of Persia in order that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished the Lord stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus of Persia so that he sent a herald throughout his kingdom And also, in a written edict, declared, Thus says King Cyrus of Persia, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of those among you who are of his people, may their God be with them, are now permitted to go up to Jerusalem in Judah and build the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem." And now we're skipping forward to chapter three, verses 10 through 13. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments were stationed to praise the Lord with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph with cymbals, according to the directions of King David of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And all the people responded with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of families, old people who had seen the first house on its foundations, wept with a loud voice when they saw this house. Though many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not distinguish from the sound of the joyful shout, from the sound of the people's weeping, for the people shouted so loudly that the sound was heard far away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God.
1: God. So one quick little question here is, Mm. who is King Cyrus?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, So remember that when uh, the people of the southern kingdom of Judah were overrun, they were overrun by Babylon. Babylon eventually fell, by and large, to Persia. Uh, King Cyrus eventually comes to power in Persia, and it is he who... Uh, as king of Persia, is credited with letting the the um, the exiles return to to Judah and throughout Israel. Now, historically, uh, it's a little more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, there is a, a historical document called what, the Cyrus Cylinder um, that uh, basically indicates that Cyrus is not working on behalf of. Of the, of the god of Israel, as Ezra indicates, but more on his his own Persian god, Marduk. This is the one who's who's let him uh, consider releasing the uh, the captives. So, you know, a little geopolitical religious intrigue going on there. Um, also, the date of this is a little squidgy. Um, there's indication that perhaps some exiles were sort of trickling back over the course of Man, maybe a decade or so, and that Cyrus basically said, "Yeah, that's cool. It's fine. I don't, yeah. really ca- I don't really care." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that would be a lot of uh, huh. a lot of ground for one empire to cover. Yeah. Um, so there's some indication that they just kind of, kind of couldn't hold the boundaries and kind of didn't want to. Yeah. And so go ahead and do your own thing. Y'all are weird, speaking a different language and worshipping a different god anyway, and we're just not into it. So go do your own thing. Have a yeah. great time. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the Megan translation of the yeah, Cyrus like Cylinder. It. Pay your
0: taxes. <laughs> Pay your
2: taxes.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, go yeah. ahead. and do your don't own do thing you whatever, your yeah. give us the money
2: but just govern yourself um so somebody else's setup is set up as kind of a you know sort of a, a governor they don't really return to a king right at this point um but it's this sort of um sort of return to the way they sort of kind of a little bit remembered things but as you hear in the reading uh things are not at all what they remembered them to be
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting part. So well, I just I'm totally zoom, zooming in on the word stirred in mm. this too because that's like for me like the old school Advent word too. Stir that up. that God is stirring up in someone some some sort of action, right? So this is verse one, mm. and and it's it's not only that it's it's not that Cyrus himself, at least the way Ezra paints the picture, right? It's not that Cyrus himself says oh this is a good idea mm-hmm. something external to us stirs us and I think that's such an important thing to pay attention to during Advent because it's a wonderful prayer that our Lutheran tradition carries is the word is is to pray that God would stir up in us these gifts or these things um, but specifically in this situation too right is that God is, demonstrating that God is the one that does the stirring it's not mm. us and so sometimes it, you know there's always that kind of tension between our own agency in life and things but to recognize that God is actually doing these things and to pay attention to when it actually happens inside of us and sometimes that's the hard part is to mm. ask that question God what are you actually stirring in me what is going on right here what are you calling forth uh when life is really busy and you're frankly exhausted mm-hmm. so there's that too. yeah yeah
2: Yeah, that and that you know that verb too that stirring up verb it's it's such a good advent word, because here in my NRSV, it's translated as stir up, but it's also like a, a, a be awake or keep alert, right? Mm. All those really good Advent mm. words. That's what this season is is uh, for us liturgically, is this time to be awake, to be alert, to pay attention to what it is that God is stirring up in and among us. Um, we keep waiting and watching and lighting candles and being ready.
1: Yes. Mm. Love that. That's mm. great. Um, and just a little reminder there, you know, of course, we're preparing for Christmas. Yes, that's a lot of what we think of with Advent and the increasing candles. But uh, all the while, Advent is also pointing us to the return of Christ as yeah. he promised. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's the, I mean, there's the keeping awake, right? First of all, yeah. what's God doing among us now? What's happening here? What are we getting ready for? What is God up to here and now? And also that reminder that we live in that. Now and not mm-hmm. yet, right? Christ has come. Christ will come again. Mm-hmm. That that yeah. continued watching and preparing.
1: Yes, keeps reminding me of uh, what uh, pa- Pastor Kelly Sherman Conroy mm. preached about too. Very well done on this on this same point. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what? So also we're talking about um, as we are ta- kind of getting closer to Christmas. Yeah, we are. And this whole con um idea of nostalgia ah. and um the now versus the
0: past oh.
1: and we hear that in the reading a little they finally get to move back mm-hmm. to um Jerusalem and yet um there there it's a it's a celebration it's what they've been looking forward to and yet there are some saying yeah but it's this isn't what it was life yeah
0: it's nice that there's two pieces to the reading because Mm -hmm. the first part gives us kind of the political setup about what's going on right we have an announcement from the overlords of the day here we go we can kind of set things back up again but then we actually see what the people respond to that announcement and that's where i like the second part maybe just as much as the
2: first yeah yeah and and it's such a real and human response, right? Mm-hmm. It's one of the, I mean, I love the Old Testament for lots of reasons. And one of them is because of it's, it's just such a record of humanity mm-hmm. there's this reminder right that there are people that are so excited the builders are laying the foundation they're worshipping the way King David set to them and all the priests are co- oh my gosh everything mm-hmm. is just like it was mm-hmm. except that there is a really noteworthy group of people who remember it's not nothing is like it was <laughs> yeah. and and how true could that be right, right. like they're, they're standing among ruins they're looking at a temple that needs to be completely rebuilt and, and I think it's noteworthy that as you know, as oppressed people, they don't really have the wealth to rebuild it in the way that that they would have expected it to be rebuilt. Um, not the least of which being that the Ark of the Covenant is gone. Yeah. It is gone. <laughs> so the promised physical presence of God among them has fully disappeared. Um, Pastor Kevin, you noted uh, that you know Ezra wanted to talk about worship of the Lord and and writing. You know, in this inter in between time. Uh, God's people kind of rediscovered themselves as people of the word. Um, You didn't necessarily need a temple. You have the Torah, right? Like this is how you hear who God is and what God is up to. And yet a temple. I mean, it's just you just hear so much nostalgia (laughs) in that. If only we could go back. If only it could look like what it was. If only we could worship just exactly like we used to. And then they show up and they realize It'll never be the same. Can't go back. You can't go back. Mm-hmm. Even when you go back, you can't go back.
1: And I think about even some of that might be loved ones aren't there. Mm. They're remembering their ancestors who are gone now. You know, yeah. Can't go back.
2: You can't go back. I mean, we we always look at Christmas as. Um, how is it supposed to be, right? Well, it's supposed to be like it was back in those days. Well, what were those days? Like you can't even quite put your finger on it, but it's this sense of like- It
1: was always so great It was
2: always so wonderful then, right? Even though it wasn't, like people Mm -hmm. were were stinkers and were not paying attention, you know, whatever. It was never perfect. And yet when you look back at it, there's this like nostalgic sense of perfection, right? And Mm so you kind of can't do Christmas anymore. without constantly saying like well but am i doing it right is, is it is is it as good as it used to be maybe it's even more palpable than that for you friends maybe it's like that chair is empty someone's supposed yes. to be sitting there and they're gone mm, right. um i remember there being presence under the tree and this is a year where for many number of reasons it, the kids have all moved on the money's not there you're by yourself i don't know what it is but maybe there's not presence under mm-hmm. the tree nope. you all you can think about is how it was and think this isn't what it's supposed to be. You know, right. it's supposed to be better than this. Better how? I don't know, but just better somehow, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's something about foundation there that we can play off of, too, mm-hmm. that I think because, I mean, they are talking about a specific block or <laughs> foundation for actual, a temple. Actual,
2: actual stones, yeah.
0: <laughs> but I think as Christians, we would say that Christmas is a foundational understanding of how we see God at work in the world. The incarnation is a foundation for how we understand that God became like us to Mm -hmm. understand the joy and the pain of our lives and existence and shared that with us um, and shared that with us forever, which is such an incredible gift that God has chosen to do. Um, And I think that that naming that foundation piece is important because... At um, we don't have experience Christmas the same way that we did as kids. And I think that's probably part of what's going on in here, too, right? Is that we're not we're not going to experience it the same way, but we still have a foundation to teach. Which is what makes Christmas worship sometimes so complicated, right? Because yeah. everybody's coming in with very different expectations about what this is what Christmas is meant to be. It's not <laughs>
2: Christmas unless we sing, hark the herald angels sing, right?
0: Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. But we also recognize is that we live in a very different world than we do than we did last Christmas. Mm-hmm. It is so fundamentally different. Mm-hmm. And yet we still have something to offer, which is this foundation. And and the foundation that they, at least the way they celebrate it is it, it is a thing of joy. Joy to have a foundation in faith. I mean, what is the content of the acclamation there in verse eleven? It's that he, or is that that God is good, and that God's kindness to Israel is forever.
2: That's good news, right? Always, and that's what that's what we celebrate at Christmas, even and especially when Christmas looks really different than it did last year or two years ago or mm-hmm. five years ago or 10 years ago. Because, I mean, we, we were talking about this before we hit record, right? The, the podcast before the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas is never the same, right. friends. It always looks different. It inherently changes because we change. Our families change. Our life changes. The circumstances in our in our church and our city and our country, they always change. And so it, the thing that we get to hold on to, like you're saying, Pastor Kevin, is that foundation, right? Right. How are we remembering that this is about the, the incarnation of Jesus Christ? How are we are we watching for that now? How are we preparing for that now? How is God present and active among us now? I'm not saying you don't get to have a little bit of, I mean, we all have a little bit of nostalgia, yeah. right? I'm, yeah. I'm never not going to think about being a kid at my grandma's mm-hmm. on Christmas. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I will never recreate that. It will never be like that <laughs> right. again. And yeah. so instead, I'm asking, what is it? What is it now? Right, right. How am I marking the holiday in a way that is meaningful now for my for my family, mm-hmm. for myself, for this church, right? How are we mm-hmm. right now saying, yep. but what is God up to here? What is mm-hmm. God pointing us to next?
1: Yep, yep. yep. the promise remains. Yes. Um, even though time changes, um, times are good, times are bad, uh, but the promise is always the same. And we know this because Christ was born among us. Amen. lived and um, died and was raised from the dead for you. Um, that and the promise of victory over all, you know, all the all that comes to pass in this side of life yeah um, we have the victory in christ
2: who who comes to us as a as a baby at christmas in vulnerability in helplessness in in struggle and suffering like like Mm. all births do right Mm. they are all messy and difficult and painful and and that is how our god comes to us as well Mm. um it is a beautiful promise especially in a world where nothing is ever easy and everything is always different and hard um Hey, I would be remiss if I didn't just mention, speaking of Jesus coming and Christmas, um, it's a little ahead of time, but I do want to mention the worship times for Christmas Eve. Can I take a moment and do that? Let's do that. Let's do that, because here's the thing, friends. Uh, Advent 4 is December 24th, which is to say that Advent effectively gets— Clip the teen a little bit because we're going to have Christmas Eve on Sunday the 24th. So just know we will not have Sunday morning services that day. We're just going to treat it like Christmas Eve. We're just going to do Christmas Eve. So come worship with us on the 24th at 2 o'clock, 3.30, 5 o'clock.
0: I will mess this up, which is why I'm not chiming in. <laughs> That's so why, so why we keep
2: saying it. Yeah. Two o'clock, three thirty, and five o'clock at, at at both sites, concurrent services. Those services happen at the same time in both places. We will sing silent night. We will light candles um, at all six of those services. And then at nine PM we will have worship only at the hill. Um and we will have communion for that service. So two o'clock, three thirty, five o'clock at both, nine o'clock hill only. Um come join us for Christmas Eve. Invite your neighbors.
1: Excellent. And other announcement is, if you are having a difficult time this season, uh, please remember that you can always uh, reach out to the pastors, submit prayer concerns on the website, use the connection cards. Um, we're here for you to remind you of the promise that that is yours in Christ. Amen. And we'd love to be able to touch base with you if, if that would help you. So Absolutely. But, um, with those important announcements, let us uh, draw our podcast for this week to a close. And thank you for listening to the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry, carry on the work of
2: Jesus Christ. Thanks, everyone.
1: May the
0: road rise on.